quick to kick Jim Rutherford out the door. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. I do one of these every weekday morning, bright and early. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. Penguins are back at it tonight in New York against the Rangers, 7.08 p.m. faceoff inside an empty Madison Square Garden. The Penguins fresh off a 5-4 overtime win the other night that yowza. Like, I didn't even recognize that team in the third period. And if I were the cup half full type, which I am sometimes, I guess you could say half the time, I would suggest or at least allow it to cross my mind that the Penguins had some kind of breakthrough in that final 20 minutes and change, including the overtime, because they came out ablaze. And no, this wasn't one of those, you know, somebody read somebody the riot act or whatever else, because they've been reading riot acts from day one. And it hasn't done anything. Sometimes you just find your legs. Sometimes you just start to click. Sometimes you just see that winger streaking up through the neutral zone and connect from 70 or 80 feet. How many times did you see that, by the way? In that period versus the entirety of the remainder of the season. That looked like a hockey team waking up. And I'm going to credit two individuals above all for what happened then. And if it holds, if it resonates, if the Penguins somehow feed off of that period and turn it into something that's more significant, we'll be able to credit them for a lot more than just a couple of points on one Saturday night. Up front, Kasperi Kapanen. On the blue line, obviously, Pierre-Olivier Joseph, who was the best player on the ice for either side, was so good, so smooth. And you know what both of these guys have in common, right? Yeah, Jim Rutherford picked them up within the past year and a half as young players from other teams. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes their socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable, hypoallergenic, warmer than wool. This is the time of year for Warrior Alpaca Socks. When you go to their website, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK to get 15% off your first order. One more time, warrioralpacasocks.com. Use the code DK just for our podcast listeners. I've been advocating for exactly those types of moves for the longest time, practically pleading for them. Find a way to make your trades. Do what you want to do to improve the team as you head into a playoff run, but do it with younger players. Find a way to get younger players. And yeah, I know it's not as simple as snapping your finger, 
you only have so many first-round picks to give out. And when you do, you generally want to give them out for a player who's a known commodity or even a star. But look at the way both of these trades came about. People didn't even notice that Pierre-Olivier Joseph was part of the Phil Kessel trade to the Coyotes. Did you even know that that's the trade that he came in? Right. That was supposed to be the simple exchange of big salary for big salary or big unwanted salary for big unwanted salary, meaning Kessel goes to Arizona and Rick Tockett, who would magically fix him, and the Penguins would get back Alex Galchenyuk, who showed up and did nothing in Pittsburgh. I mean, nothing. But in there were a couple other components. A, a prospect the Penguins sent in Arizona's direction named Dane Burks, a fourth-round pick, stuff like that. But ultimately, it came down to Kessel and Galchenyuk. But Rutherford got the Coyotes to throw in Pierre-Olivier Joseph, who'd been a significantly regarded prospect in the Arizona system. This wasn't some, you know, nobody that they just plucked out of nowhere. But he wanted to have POJ included in that deal. And even at the time, Rutherford told me that he he liked the kid. He, he thought that there was a, a real potential there. They were a little concerned about his thinness, same as they were with Marcus Pedersen when they got him, also at a very young age, from Anaheim. Tall, lanky, but, you know, 160, 155 pounds, whatever it is. But then... You watch the kid now, and you can see the strength in addition to everything else that he's doing. He's got the shiftiness. He's got the speed. He's got the aggressiveness. More than anything, he's got the confidence. And imagine where the Penguins would be right now missing five defensemen with Chris Letang's injury and his status uncertain following the Saturday game, where would they be without this kid just jumping up and just eating up not just the minutes but the responsibility, the roles that he's had to be thrown into? He's this team's number one defenseman. Just like that, he was number nine on the depth chart when the season started. He is now the number one defenseman on this team. With due respect to John Marino being the only (laughs) – guy of the original six who's still standing. POJ's been better. That's a big, big W for the Penguins. and They could have accumulated other Ws along the way by making more such transactions. Kapanen's a different story, obviously. Kapanen coming from the Maple Leafs for the first rounder. Kapanen, of course, having originally been in Pittsburgh. He, of course, was also connected to Kessel because he was sent to Toronto to get Kessel. But Rutherford and the Penguins took another significant risk by sending away a first-round pick 
for Kapanen. You just don't know. You just don't know. You can wonder to yourself why he was on Toronto's third line, even if you fully understand that he was behind Mitch Marner and William Nylander. You could ask yourself, well, if he was so good, why couldn't he make it onto Toronto's top power play and so forth? But they have the young guys that they have up front. The Leafs do, and it just didn't work out for him from the depth chart standpoint. So he comes to Pittsburgh, back to Pittsburgh, and Penguins have no choice but to thrust him up into top six duty once he was ready to go. And he's been really, really good. He's seeing the ice. He's flying for someone who's supposedly still trying to get his wheels under him after the whole uh, immigration visa fiasco and everything else. He's defending. He's hitting people. And he's also finishing plays. Uh, This is looking like a real live hockey player who will be a significant part of the Penguins' future. And here again, just as I say that out loud, I can almost hear or feel you on the other end breathing out a sigh of relief of your own because everything that we ever talk about with the Penguins is window this, window that, Sid Gino, Sid Gino, win now, win now, win now. It doesn't have to be that way. It's never had to be that way. The Penguins have now a couple of kids who look like they can make you think, hey, Sid doesn't have to go out and dominate this game. Somebody else can help pick things up along the way, and then, oh, hey, guess what? Overtime, guess who scores the winner? Great. Great. That's perfect. I've been describing this Boston scenario forever to everybody, and a lot of it, I get the sense, has fallen on deaf ears. But this is what the Bruins have done now for a decade. They've had the same core. Those guys are older than the Penguins' core, significantly older, and they're still at it, and they're still a better hockey team than Pittsburgh is right now. Why? Because they went and got young guys. They supplemented their star players with young guys. Well, the Penguins have a couple of those guys right now, and they don't just look confident. They sound confident uh, and and humble and team-oriented and everything else. Listen to P.O.J., when he was asked, not for the first time, but for the second time, about how well he's playing after that game Saturday night in New York. Yeah, honestly, it was, uh, uh, like I say, we, we did a pretty good job out there. Whoever was on the ice, uh, uh, you know, we battled it out. And, uh, you know, we just try to keep it simple and uh, a good thing happened. So, I'm going to repeat, that's the second time that he was asked to talk about his own play and he still couldn't do it, still wouldn't do it. Kapanen's different. He's got a different kind of cool about him, uh, and he's always had that confidence. I interviewed the kid in a one-on-one sit-down at his first development camp after he was drafted by the Penguins and asked him a lot of questions, some of which I thought might be a little uncomfortable, as particularly related to his dad, Sammy Kapanen, of course, a really solid NHL scorer for a lot of years. Uh, mostly with Carolina, some with Philadelphia and other teams. 
And he was just so calm, so smart about it. And all he's done since then, and I'm starting to appreciate this more and more now, is just become more complete. He's not just a scorer. He's doing other things out there, and he does it with such confidence. Listen to him whenever he was asked pretty much the same thing. You know, I think it was second game against um, you know, the Rangers at home where I started feeling like my, my speed was getting back, and I got that jump in, in my step. And um, you know, ever since then, I feel like um, you know, I've been playing better hockey. You know, obviously, speed is, is a big uh, key factor in my game, and um, you know, Gino and, and Zuck have been playing really well too and, and giving me the opportunity to kind of use my speed. So um, mine's working right now. It's good to see. My friends, you want this in this organization in the worst way. You won't feel comfortable with the Penguins, present or future, until there's more of this. I don't know who the next GM is going to be. I don't know what focus the next GM will have. I've already expressed that I hope it's someone with the capability and enthusiasm for building, for building a foundation of young players and letting those kids graft their way upward to Pittsburgh, to supporting Crosby. Malkin if he's still here, however these timetables work out. Build underneath the core. Nothing will give them more energy, uh, more productivity, and more optimism, I think, for the immediate future of the Pittsburgh Penguins and a lot farther beyond. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. If you'd like to leave one of these, you can do so by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that encases this podcast and leave it right under there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need in Western Pennsylvania. They're here for you when you need them. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. Today's Just One Question comes from CJ who asks, is there a stat for how many rebounds goalies give up? Because that might be one where the Penguins goalies lead the league. Well, CJ, the Penguins goalies lead the league. If you want to put lead in italics or quotes in a lot of categories, and not a one of them is good. Rebounds aren't an official stat, but what you can find in the world of advanced analytics are rebound attempts, meaning the puck came off the goaltender and the other team registered an official shot attempt. doesn't mean the shot made it on goal. It could mean that it was saved. It could mean that it was a goal. It could mean it was a miss. It could mean it was blocked by somebody else, but they registered a shot attempt off a rebound. 
That's as close as I'm going to get for you here. This will not surprise you, but the Penguins combined between Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith have allowed opponents 20 rebound attempts through nine games, so a hair over two per game. That's top three in the league, meaning bottom three, okay, among the worst. Uh, There are other teams that have allowed more, but you have to understand that this is a counting stat, not a rate stat, meaning if you're a team that generally gives up a ton of shots, you're going to have a better chance of leading in this category. And the Penguins don't give up a ton of shots. They do give up a lot of high-quality shots. On that note, Jari and DeSmith are now second-worst combined in the NHL in save percentage. Only Ottawa with Matt Murray is worst in that regard. Pittsburgh's save percentage is, wow, 857, and somehow they've got a winning record. And that save percentage stat holds up even when you put it inside the context of advanced analytics that allow for considering how bad the defense has been. You follow what I'm saying there? Like there's a statistic that weighs these things based on how many high danger chances your defense gives up. Um, how many of these, you know, rebound type situations, how many are clean breaks or rush attempts and odd man breaks. Those are all weighed. The Penguins in that category are actually the worst. So they need better goaltending. They need to go back to Casey DeSmith tonight at the Garden. I really believe that just because he won the other night and competed and everything else. He wasn't particularly good either. But at this point, if you're Mike Sullivan, you're not overthinking things. You don't have a number one goaltender. You just need to go with whoever's won the last game, I think. I don't know. If DeSmith wins the game tonight, then you can at least revisit Jari for the two games against the Devils this week uh, back here at PPG Paints Arena. But it's not a great situation, CJ. If you're asking if they've stunk so far, (laughs) the condensed answer is yes, they've stunk so far, CJ. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening. We'll do this again tomorrow. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.